assure you, I'm not going to be singing. <laughs> Neither is she. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> last, uh, Pastor Pat alluded to a couple Wednesday nights ago. That in itself was breaking some chains. I've had the opportunity of speaking a lot of, in front of a lot of people. Never bothered me one iota. But when I started talking about myself, that's one of those chains I had to break. And I, I've had two chains that really have bound me over the years. One of them being overly proud, which is just a nice way of saying hard-headed in one way. That, and the other is a veil of secrecy that I've always had. Throughout my life, I, I always looked at those as as an asset. You know, they protected me. What people, well, I told people what I wanted them to know about me and nothing else. And if they started delving, I shut them off. And I carried that throughout my whole life. Fortunately, I still have some friends. <laughs> But as I got older, and maybe it was age, that asset become a liability. It was like armor that I was carrying and it was wearing me down. And I wanted to change that. And I didn't know how. She asked me so many times, you know, geez, why don't you change your way you behave and the way you act? Because she knew down inside I was a good man. <laughs> she started asking me to go to church. And, well, I'll tell you, I just didn't have time between mowing the lawn and watching the lions to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> but she kept at me. Her and her mother were going to church, and they were going to the Freedom Center. So I decided I'll go with them. And i got to tell you, the first time I went there, that was a culture shock. <laughs> you know, there was no organ. There was a rock band. And the pastor didn't have a suit on. He had an orange shirt that he always wears and a pair of jeans. But somehow it lit a little bit of a fire in me. I didn't snooze that day. And so I started going back. The problem was... I was going to church, and I was going to church, and I was going to church. But that magic wand didn't hit me. The pastor didn't have that wand that was hitting me, and then nobody else seemed to have it. And then one day, Pastor Jim, and anybody's been to funeral, a funeral, <laughs> Freedom Center, <laughs> will say, I've heard Pastor Pat or Pastor Jim say. You can either go to church or you can be the church. And I thought about that all the way home. And I thought, you know what I've been doing is going to church. So I started volunteering for a lot of the building the sets for the Easter, going fishing with the guys, doing all those things and started meeting people. Because Freedom Center is a big church. And we would go in and we'd say hi to people and goodbye to people. But we really weren't getting to know people. Used to sit across and watch Pat and Teresa. And I'd think, oh, they're, boy, they're really into this thing. You know, I, I don't have that feeling. Why not? And I, part of it was my fear. 
I didn't want to expose myself. I didn't want people to see that part of me. But we kept going to church, and, and, and it was becoming more and more enjoyable each week. And then one Sunday, I asked somebody, where's Everett? And they said, oh, he's going over to the church on the street. And that church on the street had just started not too long ago. So I told Linda that Sunday, I said, I'm going to go there and see, see Everett. So she went to Futum Center, and I went to church on the street. I walks into high school auditorium, and there's like 20 people. And it was people that I had recognized and knew. But I talked to people that day. I stayed. Pat welcomed me. Teresa welcomed me. And I went home, and I told Linda, I said, we got a new church. And she says, well, I like the one we're going to. <laughs> I says, then you go there. Because I said, I found a new church. I found a church where there's some people I'm going to get to know, their names, everything about them, and they're really friendly people. And so we started going. And each week, I still was having some problems, you know, getting involved. I would get involved in all the activities and everything, but it just wasn't hitting me. But it changed little by little, little by little. And, and some of these chains started bending at least a little bit and snapping a little bit. And I, I say this because there's probably some people just started the church, and they're looking for that magic. It'll come if you stay with it. If you really want it to, it'll come. Amen. Linda and I have four children, all good kids. Never give us any problem. But the oldest one, unfortunately, has a lot of my genes. He's like me. <laughs> I don't know about The problem was that him and I, when he became in his mid-teens and stuff, started batting heads. He just didn't understand me. He didn't understand what I wanted him to be and how I wanted him to be. He had his own mind. And that caused some real big problems. And it seemed like every time from the time he was in his mid-teenage years, every time we would have a conversation, it would turn into an argument. And it would be, I say black, he says white. I say yes, he say no. Until about seven years ago, it got to a point where we didn't speak to each other. And we didn't see each other. He we all, moved out several years before. Yes, and we always gave him a Christmas present. We always gave him a birthday present. But Linda, one of the boys, would deliver it to him. And I'd always ask her when he'd come home, how's he doing? She'd say, oh, he's doing fine. And she says, I asked him for to come over for Thanksgiving or Christmas or both. And he said he might, but he never showed up. I always thought about him. I didn't do nothing. This year, <coughs> Linda took uh, his birthday present over to him, and uh, 
he came home. I said, uh, how's he doing? Doing good. I said, did you ask him to come? Oh, yeah. She said, I asked him to come. But she said, he ain't going to come till you ask him. And that wasn't about to happen right at that moment. But I got thinking about it. And she told she said something to him. Excuse me. She said, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to take care of that. And I said, yeah, I will. I will. And I always remember what I told my boys. You're not what you say, what you do. So a couple days before Christmas, I told Linda, I said, where's he live? And I'll go there. And I did. And I went to the door and knocked. And he wasn't there. <laughs> what? Oh, man, what a relief. <laughs> All the way over there, I didn't know what I was going to say, what I was going to do. I had no idea. Just so I was ready to get back in the car, the neighbor came out and he said, you looking for Greg? And I said, yeah. He said, well, he's in the store in there helping that guy out. So I thought, well, I'm all the way over here. So I walked in and I seen him and I said, Merry Christmas, Greg. And he come running across the room and grabbed me. He came to Christmas dinner. He's come over and watched the games with me a couple times. And they get along, too. <laughs> That ain't all. The other chain that I've had to break is this veil of secrecy. I never tell people about myself. I just wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it for some reason. And I want to get rid of that. When I was going to the church over there, our church, when I was over at Lake Benton School, people started getting up and giving testimonies. Dana and Kenny gave a testimony, and Shirley and Walt gave a testimony about their marriage. Lynn and I have been married for 52 years, and don't, don't think there wasn't a lot of problems. <laughs> Same as everybody else. I mean, you know in your heart of hearts that nothing's ever like it seems. You look at everybody else is happy. Everybody else has not got problems. It's just us. Everybody has problems. But you know, when they did that, I thought, well, I don't think I could get up there and do that. I just don't think I could talk about that, my problems. Because I was always raised to, you take care of your problems. Don't go sharing them with everybody. One day, there was a testimony, and Krista gave up, come up and, and gave a testimony. And my guts was wretched. I mean, I'm telling you, I... I just uh, couldn't hardly deal with it. And I felt so sorry for her until I got home and I got thinking about it and I thought, why am I feeling sorry for her? I ought to feel sorry for me. She's taking care of her problem. You know, when I was 12 years old, I had the life was knocked for me, I'm telling you. My, my folks were divorced, but I lived with my mother, lived in a good neighborhood, had a bunch of friends. And one day I came home from school, and my mother wasn't there. 
And I didn't think too much of it, although that was something that didn't happen. But I changed my clothes, went out and played, come home, and she still wasn't there. And I fell asleep on the Davenport. I woke up the next morning, and she wasn't there. So I got dressed, and I went to school. I really didn't know what to do. I just continued on my life. I came home from school, and she wasn't there. So I called my grandma. And about three hours later, my dad and my stepmother came over and picked me up and said, come on, you're going to go live with us. And you talk about a shock. I mean, I went from kids that I had grown up and went through seven years of school with and, you know, I mean, just knew everybody in that area, come home from school, change my clothes, go down to the corner and play baseball to a certain time, come home. Everything was fine the way it's supposed to be, except now I was going to live and going to a different school. I was going to have no friends. There wasn't. I was going to a farm that there wasn't any kids within two miles of, and I was going to live with a stepmother and a father that I barely knew. I had not spent very much time with my father, and I was very, very bitter. You know, I just, inside of me, how could something like this happen to me, and why me? Krista got rid of that problem she had. With me, that hate just manifested for 60 years. And I'd try to subdue it, but I couldn't take care of it. But coming here and meeting all the people that I've met and all the friends that I've got here, and listening to people that's got rid of those problems, and everybody testifying to the fact that you're not unique. Every time I'd say something, you're not unique. You know, it's so like, well, I thought I was, you know, and, and found out that I wasn't unique. So I started doing like Isaac said last week, looking through a different set of eyes of understanding and looking at different ways of looking at things and looking at sometimes those are blessings in disguise. And so this thing that for all of my life, it's maybe what shapes some good things in me too. You know, it wasn't just all bad. It wasn't a torture. I was fortunate to have a good stepmother. The Lord blessed me with a fine stepmother that I learned a lot from. You know, step-grandparents that helped me and built a certain amount of character in me. So, you know, now when I start getting rid of this veil of secrecy, you know, that I don't feel like I have to keep it from me. Linda always used to be open. She'd start talking about family problems, and, oh, Linda, why don't you shut up? (laughs) That's ours to take care of. But but she's stuck with me through all of this, all of this, all of this, more than she should have ever had to put up with. And I'm going to, you know, like I said, I'd either broke or bent these chains. If they're bent, I'm going to finish breaking. If they're broke, I'm going to keep them there. The only thing that's bad out of this whole thing, I don't know who cleans this place up, but, man, I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of trash every Sunday and every Wednesday right over there. Somebody's cleaning up for me. It's going to... Hun, you got anything you want to say? 
Yes, you talked longer than I thought you were going to. <laughs> no, I do have something to say. This group of people, all of you, are wonderful. I, I never felt like I was judged. You're non-judgmental. If you are, you don't let it show. And I think you're just the most wonderful people. All I had to say. I have one, one other thing. You know, when you talk about a transformation, I'm an avid sportsman like Chris. I love to fish and hunt. I never thought, never in my life, thought I'd go salmon fishing with a pastor and two Jesus freaks. I have it done. Well, thank you.